everyone. Welcome and thank you for being here with us at Making Even Move. We are so happy to have you here. My name is Giovanna Rosales. As most of you know, I am your host here at Making Even Moves, and I am so excited for this season, season three, where we will be speaking to women um, on their journeys of discovering an extra layer of themselves. They're either chronic illnesses, disorders, and or disabilities. Disclaimer, uh, neither our guest Paulette nor myself are medical professionals. We are just having a conversation on how we personally manage our, again, whether that's disorders, chronic illnesses, and or conditions. Please seek medical and professional help if you do not feel well or if you feel you might have a medical condition yourself. On today's show, we will be talking on the topic slash subject of PCOS with one of my great, great, amazing friends, Paulette Pinero. Um, Paulette, we are so excited to have you. Um, and I know you're going to be talking to us a lot, but I'm just going to go ahead and give out a shout out intro um, to you because you are amazing. And we need to um, give you your flowers where they are needed. So Paula Pinero is an introvert, ADHD CEO, and a recovering perfectionist. Paulette's superpoder is to guide Latina entrepreneurs to harness their strengths, amplify their voice, and make shit happen so they can become unstoppable CEOs. Using an equity-focused approach, her business consulting and multicultural marketing services strive to create a world where all underestimated folks can thrive and use their superpoderes to change the world. How is she able to accomplish this? By staying true to her core values, which are joy, impact, boldness, wonder, candor, and community. Amiga, we are so excited to have you. Welcome, Yay! welcome. Welcome back to Making Me That Moves. You Yay! made it on season two, and then we have you back on season three. So thank you so much yes. for being with us. Thank you for the invite. I'm so excited, but I'm also very excited to talk about non-business, non-brand shit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, I have a life. <laughs> <laughs> and non-parenting stuff and non-parent yeah 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 this is um this is like a great season like I said it's a very personal one to me because as you know I got diagnosed with a chronic disorder um in March we are now in September so it's been about five to six months and I'm so excited for you to be open and share your journey thank you so much for being vulnerable and you know speaking your truth and how your path um came to be and how it took place for our listeners, I just want to make sure before we actually get into the thick of it with your journey and your experience, I just want to go ahead and give the definition that I found on Mayo Clinic for PCOS um, and what it is. So um, for our listeners and viewers who don't know what PCOS is, PCOS, according to the Mayo Clinic, is defined as polycystic ovary syndrome, which is a problem with hormones that happens during the reproductive years. If you have PCOS, you might not have periods very often, or your periods may last many days. You may also have too much of a hormone called androgen in your body. With PCOS, many small sacs of fluid develop along the outer edge of the ovary. These are called cysts. The small fluid-filled cysts contain immature eggs. These are called follicles. The follicles fail to regulatory release eggs. Um, that's a lot. That's a lot yes. just within that explanation or within that definition alone. 
Um, yeah. And I know, again, we are not medical uh, professionals. We are not giving medical advice. But I would love for you to share your journey and share your story so our viewers as well as our listeners can know um, what to look out for and maybe how to maneuver if they don't have PCOS themselves um, to be able to to help someone in their life or within their community with PCOS. So how did your journey with PCOS begin, Paulette? Um, when did you realize there was something different with your menstruation cycle compared to all other young women? Um, and at what point did you realize this pain is no longer regular pain, but it's something more excruciating and severe? For me, it was, I got my first period at 11. Me and too. By, and by 14, it was so overwhelming that I couldn't go to go to school like the first two or three days or I had to leave early. Um, and it wasn't just the pain it was also the flow like I was changing maxi pads every 45 minutes to an hour oh my goodness for those first two days especially the first two days um it was I went to a catholic private school in Puerto Rico so we had like la falda con la <laughs> like <laughs> also like the whole uniform <laughs> didn't help um and like all my friends knew to like I'm on my period. We have to check all that. Yo manchaba en todas partes. I, when I moved out, um, like my grandma used to give me like pee pads for the bed mm. when I was on my period because everyone knew that I was going to bleed out at night. I still wake up at night because I got so used to waking up at night when I was on my period because I had to change. Uh, tampons didn't work the period cup didn't work and I started going to the to the OBGYN at, at 14 which mm -hmm. mm -hmm. most commonly you go after you turn 18 no and I wasn't diagnosed with PCOS until three years ago at 33 let's do the math really quick so yes. please just tell your story I'm, I'm just busting out the, ca uh, the calculator um, anyway. yes and it was the pain, it was the heavy flow, um, like the facial, like my eyebrows, I just did my eyebrows two weeks ago, and it's like, I didn't, um, like my hair, my, um, like a lot of breakouts, but one of the things, so I, my doctor realized it was PCOS when I got COVID, mm. and it was between my doctor and my new therapist that realized mm -hmm. that I had PCOS mm -hmm. after I was, they had COVID at the beginning of the pandemic. And then I've suffered with a second chronic illness, which is uh, long COVID since then. And there were a couple of the symptoms that worsened over time. And there's different types of PCOS. My PCOS is insulin resistant. So it's kind of like diabetes of the ovaries. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So there's different types of PCOS. And like Ivana said, like, we're not doctors. We're not specialists. Please talk to your doctor. But like there's insulin resistance PCOS, inflammatory PCOS, adrenal PCOS, and one more that I don't remember. So I have the insulin resistance PCOS. Um, so 
my doctor was like, okay, the long COVID is causing you like this random high inflammation. My periods got worse after I had COVID. And my doctor was like, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. And they did some lab work and they sent me to a special, like a, a OBGYN specialist. And she was the one who diagnosed me with, with PCOS and it made so much sense as to in between 19 and 30 years old, I saw many therapists, psychiatrists, and I tried 27 different medications for depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. I was diagnosed with um, bipolar 2 disorder is very common for women with ADHD (laughs) Mm -hmm. and they couldn't understand the connection between the hormonal piece Mm. it's it's not just the pain and the flow is all the hormonal changes that Mm -hmm. cause it's the high inflammation it's the issues with food and and dieting um I have PCOS I I saw nutritionists. They were like, you eat healthy. <laughs> you eat healthy most than pe- most people. You go to the gym and not just do cardio. You do like weight training and you've always done it. What is happening? And it wasn't until I was seeing like five doctors <laughs> for the mm-hmm. COVID. I started with a new therapist who was a, a woman of color, a black woman. And I started with a new psychiatrist who is mm-hmm. also a woman of color. Mm-hmm. That they were like, oh, we know what this is. <laughs> like, right. I was finally taken seriously. And they were like, it's PCOS. Is, like, the long COVID. Um, and you're not bipolar, too. You just have ADHD. Yeah. And you're a woman of color. You're missing by the second, uh, by the second appointment with my psychiatrist. So... I was able to truly understand my brain and my body because I almost died from COVID and I had like a team of doctors Mm -hmm. supporting me and helping me. But my teen years and my 20s were so difficult and so horrible because I had like my body attacking me. Mm-hmm. And what I felt was my mind attacking me, which was just a whole bunch of misdiagnosis. Like I took medication that clenched my jaw. I had EpiPens because of reactions, because of misdiagnosis. Um, and my doctors all told me women with both PCOS and ADHD, women of color get misdiagnosed like every day. Like they're like, we see this every day. Oh my goodness. Um, um, which is heartbreaking, so, right? Which is yeah. heartbreaking because it took them 19 years to diagnose you correctly. Mm-hmm. It took them 20 years to diagnose me correctly. And there's no reason why why women should be even waiting this long to be mm-hmm. diagnosed and or be misdiagnosed for that long. Like 19 years of misdiagnosis, I can only imagine the repercussions of taking medication that you have no need to be taking. Um, but then finally, how, how did you feel? Because this is how I felt. And I want, and I want to get your point of view when I was finally diagnosed 
it all made sense to me. I was like, yes. oh, I'm not crazy. Oh, I'm not psychotic because with PMDD, right? Like there's, um, I don't create enough serotonin or dopamine in my head. So my anxiety attacks are very, very bad. My depression mm -hmm. state is, is on a whole nother level. But being, and then like, there's just a point in time where I just feel empty and I'm kind of just walking around doing things because of the notion, but not because I'm present, if you will, right? Yeah. Um, whether that's like cooking or writing like the business proposals, right? How did you feel once you got diagnosed and once you started on the correct treatments for your ADHD along with your PCOS? How did you um, start feeling as far as like, oh, I'm being hurt? Like you had said, oh, I have a team of doctors now. I am being hurt. I am being validated. Yeah. I am being taken care of and nurtured. And I'm not just being told the same bullshit like every other, oh, like every, yeah. every woman I talked to. It's like, Me sentía oh. como una loca. There, yeah. llegaba un momento, like, there was a point where I told before COVID in like 2019, I told my husband, it's happened, it happened a couple of times. It happened at, in, what, 2016? And it happened again in 2019. Like, I, because I vividly, like, that I went to my husband and said, I want to go to inpatient. Mm -hmm. I want to go to a psychiatric hospital. I just, I am I feel like I'm going insane. Yes. Insane. Like I, like I, I am scared. Yes. And like one of the things was like, there were two things that were attached to the PCOS. Like one was the fatigue and I'm not talking just regular fatigue is like fatigue that I can no longer wa walk. Mm -hmm. I need to lay down and I will fall asleep. Mm -hmm. And I had, Oh my God. Like, neurologo MRIs like and and the, the neurologist treated me as if like he made fun of me mm. the pulmonologist made fun of me and I was like I, I just came to a point when I felt like I was going like I was like I just like I shouldn't be around my kids like like what is happening mm -hmm. is that I literally was like, do I have Munchausen's? Like, am I? Yo me estoy imaginando esto. Like, yeah. All that guilt and yes. all that pain. And then the other part was like the tingling sensations in my hands or feet. And like the constant urination. I was like, do I have diabetes? And mm. I will go and they will look at me like, how can you have diabetes? Like, we sent you to this. Wait. And it was, and then the guilt of the doctor, you just need to lose weight. All of that. When they gave me that PCOS diagnosis and the first thing that my OBGYN said, and it, I was with my OBGYN and my doctor because they were on the boat, same clinic. And my doctor, Dr. Leo Delgado, donde says, I love you. Because uh, I no longer live there in, in the Boston anymore. Um, she like she wanted to be there and when they gave me the diagnosis and they explained to me and like my doctor was like the next thing she said it was like moving forward if you're not seeing me and you're not seeing a specialist that knows pcos because i don't want doctors to tell you that bullshit that you need to lose weight mm -hmm. 
-hmm. Your body cannot do it. It does not have the capacity to do it mm -hmm. without help. Um, you have a healthy lifestyle. You eat healthy. Like I want, like you will and I don't want you to worry about that. And if at some point that's something that you don't want to deal with because of your chronic condition, if that you can get surgery and your insurance has to pay for all of it. Mm. And she was like, I want you to like, this cannot be no longer an issue. Um, so no, like you don't need to see the, <laughs> the, the dietitian again. You don't need to like, I don't want you to worry about like, like that small thing that todo el doctor me decían, pues si tú rebajas se te quita eso, si tú Always. rebajas se te quita eso, si te, te molesta las piernas, te estás durmiendo, es que estás gorda, es que tienes que rebajar. And, and she knew that and like that was, like now I have the, the language to self-advocate mm -hmm. when I go to the doctor, when I go to my physical I interviewed my new doctor. Yo la entrevisté. Yo hice una cita. And she was like, it's your physical. And I'm like, no. Like, I want to see if we work out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and you know what? The first time, and I like, I want to make this clear for the listeners, too, because it's very, very hard to advocate for yourself, especially mm -hmm. when it comes to the doctors, right? Um, it's whether it's the intimidation or the lack of resources. So when you finally get into the building or you finally are able to see them, you're like, oh, bendito sea, like. I have to yeah, when you're under like 10 years and you're yeah, like, um, yeah. you I know mean, me, but like, you know, you've been in school for like 12 years. Like, pienso yo para decirte lo que tienes que hacer. Yeah, but like, even if you don't have the correct language, right? Like, even if you don't have the correct language, it is okay for you to stand up for yourself. And the first few times, it's going to be very uncomfortable because that's something that we learn at home, right? Like you just listen to your parents, like, mm -hmm. like, like you just have to kind of like, just be quiet and listen. Cause they're the authoritative figure. But once you start advocating for yourself, it is not going to be perfect. The first time mm -hmm. your voice might be shaking. I know mine did the first time, mm -hmm. um, but the more and more you do it and the more practice you have, the more easier it becomes. Um, and so like, I just want to make that clear to our listeners and viewers as well as like, you're advocating and now you, you've learned the language, you can speak the language because you've also done your research and you know when to say and how to say, but sometimes like a no is a complete answer too. Yeah. Oh no, I had to like, yo, yo tengo que ir like every three months to my doctor y las enfermeras, they're used to it. Like me van a tomar, and I'm like, is that required for today? Well, it's good, but... I'm not coming here for new medication. This is not a sick visit where my doctor needs to know my weight. I'm not interested. And like when I when I looked for, I had to look for a new OBGYN. I called until I found an OBGYN that has experience with PCOS. Mm. And I had like, they were like, oh, but all of our, and I'm like, no, I need someone who has experience or has done research with PCOS. Because mm -hmm. I can't be going back and forth. They don't need to re-diagnose me because that was also an experience. I'm like, well, maybe it's not that. And I'm like, bitch, you just saw me like 15 minutes ago. <laughs> no. Oh, that you shouldn't be taking. I, I remember I on sick visit like two years ago, my old doctor's clinic. And so I was a nurse practitioner. And he was like, oh, well. 
you shouldn't be taking this medication, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you just met me today. This <laughs> is the plan of care that I have with my long-term doctor. Is this going to affect the medication that you want for today? No, it's just that I think, oh, that's great. Okay. Yeah, I'm not changing it. <laughs> and you have, like, it's not everyone wants to, you know, it, it, it's a lot of power and privilege. I have yeah. private insurance through my husband. I know not everyone can do that. But, uh, you know, having being able to sit down and identify, like, what do you need from your care professionals before you schedule the appointment? Like, ask writing I have my notes app on my phone and asking questions or writing questions before my appointment is important um I do that and, too I go in with my notes already open yeah um, and I do a cross off yeah same mm -hmm. and I'm like yeah and we're gonna like you're gonna answer all my questions I'll be there early mm -hmm. but you're gonna answer all of my questions if not like let's schedule a follow-up appointment give me the printout of like, <laughs> I don't leave. And if it's a new physician or a new specialist, I'm like, before we get started, can we make sure that you have my diagnoses um, on your computer? So we're ready to have the conversation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like, oh, you have PCOS, you have COVID, you have um, notopathy, like, yeah, these ADHD, like all these things. And then I'm like, Oh, okay, now we can go into the conversation. Because sometimes they specialists don't have like all the information that they need from you. Um, so I always like, can we review my diagnoses before we get started? But you're making it clear to our listeners. And we tend to forget this is that's a relationship. Mm -hmm. Right? When it's two people talking, um, it, it's obviously right, not a physical relationship, not a romantic relationship, but it's still a relationship nonetheless. And so they can't just word vomit you yeah. with their technical terms or their medical terms. Um, like that's cute, cute story. You went to school. I get it. You put in your dues, but you need to talk to me in layman's terms because yeah. this is my body. And then if I have questions, you also need to have the answers because again, once I'm out of this office, I right like you either have a follow up or you don't. So mm -hmm. you might not even see the doctor again, or you will, but then your follow up per you. Well, with my insurance, girl, I have state insurance, so let's talk. That's a whole nother topic for another day. So like my follow ups sometimes aren't even until like a month and a half, two months from then, mm -hmm. and so that's a long time. And so I need to make it very, very clear that I know what I'm doing for my body and that I can have it be to the best of my ability without having to um, to panic or worry those eight weeks that I won't be seeing you. So okay. don't let them feel like, yeah. yeah, so like don't let doctors, don't feel like doctors can speak to you and then just walk away like. If you have questions, please speak up. And if you don't understand something, please speak up. And I'm this type of person, if you tell me something, I have to tell it to you back because Same. that's how I learn. Um, I, how I, I just process, have you spitting yeah. things out and me taking notes and be like, because uh, I'm like a, a, a deer in the headlights. I mean, we've worked, we've done some collaborations together. We've worked together, Paulette. I've been, even in meetings, I'm like, 
Okay, so just so we're both cleared on the same page, and I, you know, I repeat what you just finished saying, and that's okay. Like everyone has different learning systems. Please just do not be afraid to speak up for yourself. And if you don't understand, if they have to say it twice, who the fuck cares? Like, yeah. it's your body, it's your salud, it's your health. You have to take care of you because they're not going to be there holding your hand to take care of you. Yeah. When so we, you great, you found a great community when it comes to you like your doctors now, um, and you have a whole team t- watching out for you. When you did get diagnosed with um, PCOS as well as ADHD, how did your community react to it? You know, did you feel safe enough to let them know? Um, and then once you did, were they supportive? How did they react? Um, if you can let our listeners know too. Yeah, I would say my family doesn't understand either. <laughs> uh, they never did. <laughs> no, um, my well, my mom does. My mm-hmm. mom works in the in the health field, so she understands. Um, and she's she's very supportive. Because mm-hmm. um, she has that expertise. My mom has endometriosis. I also, I mm-hmm. had cervical cancer. So like helping, I understanding the PCOS really like took out the filter to, to talk to people, medical professionals, but also family um, about like certain questions or certain things that they had. Um, but also it helped me enforce boundaries of mm-hmm. like, I... I have a chronic illness and I have a flare up right now. I cannot go to that event. I don't need to explain to them what PCOS means. I've had situations where family members don't or friends don't believe me. And that is fine. But it allowed me to, to in, enforce my boundaries. Cause before I was like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not going or I don't feel well, like I have a chronic illness, I have a flare up and I don't have the capacity to go. And that's and I think it. it's really hard, especially in nuestra cultura, right? Like, oh, pero you know, like there is it is la fiesta, we haven't seen you. Like mm-hmm. there's just with, with family too, like there can be so much love, right? And there can be like, but we really miss you. We just want to hang out with you. We want to see you. And with chronic illnesses, it's not even a whether I want to see you or not. It's like I just can't get out of bed. Mm-hmm. I just like I, I, really I just can't, can't, I can't move. I can't move. And they're invisible too, right? Like this is the only, the other thing, like they're invisible disabilities. Um, They're chronic illnesses that are, you know, people cannot, cannot, are difficult to understand even for the folks who go through them. Um, But, uh, you know, that like I have a chronic illness, I have a flare up, I don't have the capacity. Love you hope that we can connect soon like and that's where it's at Mm -hmm. um I like family will make comments I have the option of of going through surgery to lose weight I have the option of using Ozempic to lose weight right because I have insulin resistance I'm like a great candidate I made the decision of not doing those things Mm -hmm. because I do not want to Mm-hmm. Right, but one me like my grandfather called me two days ago just to tell me I saw 
you were featured on an article and I saw your photo and I thought he was going to be like, surprise. He's like, you need to lose weight. You look. Stop it. For real? Like me. Yes. And I was like, I gave him the response. Like my body and my weight are not up for discussion. That's literally enforcing your boundaries. Right. Like you're not up for discussion. If you want to talk about it with someone else, it's fine, but not with me. Anything else that you have to say, Abuelito? No. Well, oh, my button's off for this guy, right? Like, yeah. it's given me understanding my, my chronic illness and having the right support system and the right information. Also, stop following all the influencers on social media that think that they're experts. They're a great way for you to start looking for information. Mm-hmm. But they're not the information. <laughs> And I think that alone is a journey, right? Like when I remember I got diagnosed with PMDD, I was like, oh, great. Like now let me go look for support groups within social media because these women have the same chronic illness mm-hmm. that I have. And, you know, and then like, and because it's brand new, right? You're just trying to join every community. Yeah. You're like, I just need to absorb all this information, all this knowledge. Now I just, I need to intake and intake, intake because Google can't do enough. Um, but then there's a lot of those communities that I've walked away from because I'm like, oh, this doesn't serve me. This yeah. isn't my purpose. And this isn't the tone that I need to be informed in. Yeah. Um, 90% a lot of, of the PCOS communities and content creators are about losing weight, which I am not shitting on the folks that want to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Um, It's just that... For me, that is not the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal for me is to exist. Ooh. That's my ultimate goal. Exist and be joyful. Like, that really is my ultimate goal. And 90% of um, the content creators and online communities for PCOS are only about losing weight. And... That is a, that that might be important for some people based on what their healthcare professionals recommend. For me, my they were like, you don't want to lose weight. You're doing great. Like you're doing everything that you need to do. I'm taking my supplements. I actually cannot take the PCOS medication because of my long COVID. So mm-hmm. I cannot go on metformin. I have to do a lot of life adjustments mm-hmm. um, for me to manage my my PCOS because of my other chronic illness. Um, which makes it even more difficult, but yeah, like they were the content creators on the social media was a great start for me to like, let me look at this article. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is a great question to ask my doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, like somatic healing. Like that sounds great because it's like exercise and it helps me with like, you know, and the ADHD, but like we need to, you know, they're not the, they did not go 10 years. They are talking about their experiences with a very biased lens Mm. of what other people might experience or what privilege they might have in their lives. That's very true. And I'm, uh, you're like, girl, girl, you're in such high demand. We have to do 
ladies and gentlemen, Paulette is in such high demand that we actually have to do her episodio in two pieces um, because I could not get her on for a full hour. <laughs> so we are just so grateful that we were able to do part one today. We will get into more in depth of it and like how you manage it and what your approach is. Um, and then again, just questions on, you know, the business owner aspect and you being able to manage and like what types of um, like accommodations. Um, yeah, I have a lot of accommodations. Yeah, yeah. and like just talk about the realness of that. So we'll be doing that in part two. Um, folks, please stay tuned for part two. And Paulette, thank you so much for this half hour. We can't thank wait you. to hear more of your journey and your story. And yes, folks, um, please stay tuned. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Making Needed Moves, season three, uh, part two of Paulette's episode, <laughs> Mujeres with PCOS. Paulette, I'm so glad that we were able to reconnect. Again, I know that you're a busy bee and you've been working on some pretty awesome high achievements. So thank you so much for taking the time and giving us the space to amplify your story as well as your experience and your journey with PCOS. We left off on the last episode talking about how we will be discussing how you manage your PCOS and how you accommodate it, knowing that this is going to be a lifelong journey for you. So having said that, um, again, welcome back. And then how would you describe to our listeners as well as viewers, how, what are the steps that you take to accommodate and manage your chronic illness on not only just a daily basis, but like if you take it within quarter increments as well? Yeah. So there's a couple of like rest. I believe that rest is required for people with chronic illnesses. Um, rest is also resistance <laughs> and disruption and anti-racist work. So that's important to me. But rest when my body needs it. Um, and I, I love the the book Rest is Resistance. If you haven't read it, go oh my, read it. Beyond cosine. Um, beyond cosine. Yeah. Um, but but it's also about like I don't need to earn rest. I mm. have to rest because my body needs it. That's and a reframing that because we do not learn that, especially in American society. It's the more you push, the more productive you are, the more valuable you are as even on a human being level. So the yeah. fact that you're going against that. And yes, shout out to uh, Trisha Hirsch. Yeah. Yes. Um, for for creating that book, Rest is Resistance, a manifesto teaches us that um, and practice you practicing that and, and practicing that on your everyday life had to be a challenge in the beginning but now I bet you it's just like oh how did I live without it my kids at the beginning it was so weird because in the hustle mommy works hard and she goes to now rest is part of my day-to-day -day, but it's also embedded in my business mm. so if I have a speaking engagement that it's in person that is the only thing that I will do that day I am an introvert. I have, I'm neurodivergent and I love doing public speaking, but it takes a lot from me because it's not just the preparing, the getting there, right? The friend person, the preparing, the getting there, the sharing my expertise is then hearing other people's stories at their questions, 
um, the Q&A, the networking piece. So I, if I have an in-person speaking engagement, I take the rest of the day so I can decompress, so I can rest. And of course, like, yo todavía estoy cocinando y pasando el vacuum, right? But I need to make sure that my workflow and capacity for my business is not exhausting me constantly because then I'm going to have chronic illness flare-ups and taking rest that day means that I can work the next day. If I don't do it, I'm going to crash in three or four days. The flare-ups, the inflammation, how I like how I process my foods, how no, it's, it's fucked up. So, and then, uh, yeah, go ahead. I'm so, uh, so what I, and I was, what I was going to say too is, you are no longer serving yourself with mm -hmm. these flare-ups that are happening. Now your creativity is decreasing. Yeah. So, and, and you write blog posts and you have amazing material on LinkedIn. Um, and so how can you do that if you're concentrating on a flare-up because of the fact that you are trying to live this productive lifestyle? And yeah. so, and you're a very creative person. So just having that drain all of that part of your brain on top of the physical has to be beyond excruciating. Yeah. And one of the other things is that my therapist had me like write what I was doing for like two weeks. And she was like, but I want you to write the mom workload, the wife workload, the personal mm. workload, the chronic illness. Like how many hours are you truly working? Nina, cuando yo te digo, that, that was life-changing because I thought, well, I, I usually work five to six hour days. Right. See, but then I am picking up the kids at the bus stop, taking them to the library on Wednesday, <laughs> taking Sofia to chorus. Like in one day, I was working 12 hours nonstop until I took a shower, crashed, and looked on my phone for an hour <laughs> next to my oh, husband. Um, of course... I'm going to wake up the next day with a flare up. So of course. Thursday, yeah. So Thursdays, sun me high. Like these kids have everything on Thursdays. So on Thursdays, yo empiezo tarde, right? Because I'm going to be work. Like, I'm going to have work hours. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if it's business, if it's client, if it's mom, if it's personal, right? Like I'm, I know that Thursdays are a day that I'm going to do a lot. No one can schedule anything on Fridays. Fridays, I just put some things that I would like to do. It's like Fridays are for my, I will like to do list rather than I have to do list. Ooh, the reframing. Yeah. So like nothing that I have to do can happen on Friday. It's I will like to do or others want me to do. <laughs> And I put that On Friday, all my Fridays are blocked and it allows me to, to honor my creative flow. It allows me, I have my book writing coaching on Thursdays too. So like Fridays allow me to listen to my body, to focus on what I need to, and, and most Fridays I'm at Costco. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just there yesterday. Yeah. Uh, Fridays are my Costco day. Lleno el tanque de gasolina because it's cheaper. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. I, I already do like grocery pickup, but I'm like, la leche me barata de. Like, I'll just hang out on Costco. I'll get gas for the week. Um, I'll take my laptop and maybe stop at a coffee shop and do some 
of that like i i like to do list um i might be in but it has completely shifted then i am ready to be present on the weekends like now i can enjoy my weekends now i'm eating healthier foods now I can do things <laughs> like with I, your family or with, with yourself family. or with your girlfriends that live in exactly. the same yeah area. Um, listening to my body on making the adjustments, especially like for speaking engagements, for client meetings, um, for following up with leads, for doing like the operations and content work. Like I have a content strategy. So for like more quarterly or annual i have a marketing strategy for the year and i have divided them by quarters mm -hmm. yes it's it's aligned with my business goals and i've shared it a couple of times on linkedin like i want everyone to see it um, i have one audacious goal <laughs> under that like for October launch the unstoppable Latina show right like like my podcast but right. that is it the rest is direction to allow me to be more creative so it's like make sure that and it has KPIs but even with my with my content or the things that I share I allow for my flow I allow for me to be more creative but also si no se puede no se puede So mm -hmm. you know, on that, I just can't. Mm -hmm. um, and I also tell that to my clients. So having a clear strategy for my marketing, but also my three-year growth strategic growth plan for my business allows me to be like, I don't need to hustle. No one's waiting for me. Here are the like high level overview of what you want to achieve. Mm -hmm. What can I do today? Yeah. And today it's going to be very, <laughs> very, but it compounds every single day. One of the things, and I, I we talked about this, like one of the things that I teach my clients is like, what is your ridiculously small step? Yep. Something that you can do in 30 seconds or less while you're running in a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know, right? Yeah. Um, but, but that has also, that has helped me manage my chronic illness as I'm running a full, like full-time entrepreneur mm -hmm. with contract, like year long contracts with clients, with corporations, with nonprofits and building my brand and writing a book and just muchacho, like my, my, me bullet, va primero. Mm -hmm. I go before anything else and anyone else. And I, as a Latina mom, that sounds horrible. <laughs> Porque, Madre primero, madre solo hay una, right? My my children will have their best mom if I take care of myself first. Maybe. And I think I think on that aspect alone, you are breaking a lot of generational uh, what, what barriers, curses, whichever word you want to use. Because we don't see that in our households. I mean, I'm not a mom, but I've seen my mom beyond sacrifice herself. Mm -hmm. And it's the martyrism trophy that they carry, right? Like, and that's not, it's not healthy. It's not okay. It's not benefiting anyone within that community. 
your community, your intimate community are your kids, your husband and yourself. So you trying to be on that wheel of martyrism isn't serving any anyone in, in your intimate household. So the fact that you're breaking these barriers or this curse, I should say, mm-hmm. or these stigmas and showing your children the example of this is what happens when I put myself first. This is how I can show up for you. When I start putting myself first, I can create more impact, right? We can all learn together. We can all grow together. We can all become closer together. It's just, it's, I've seen it in your household. I've stayed with you a few days in your house and just seeing, seeing your family dynamic compared to quote unquote old school dynamic. is just pretty awesome to see because your, your kids aren't growing up the way you and I did oh, or no. kids of our generation are. And you, I, I, the other piece is that the way that my kids show up is very different. I was showing up for my abuelas and my mom with fear and guilt y obliga. True. My kids show my kid two three out of seven days a week. By the time it's six o'clock, ya yo estoy muerta. Like I can barely move. So I eat in my room. And my kids, they bring me the food and they might sit with me. They're like, mommy, let me know what you need. Like you do that. I used to feel so much shame. Mm-hmm. So much shame about that. Not anymore. Because then that allows me to then sit down with them and be like, Cuéntame el día. let's watch a movie together. Let's play, I don't know, like, get loud. We love playing like, get loud. Um, it, it provides me the capacity. Like, and I don't cook. Ayer, my husband worked late. I had a speaking engagement, got home late. Late at four. Um, (laughs) um, But I was exhausted. I had to drive from Rhode Island. And I was like, can, you know, is it within our budget to order food? And he was like, I don't know. You should know. (laughs) And I was like, I don't even You're like, no, this is a whole conversation between fair workload. Yeah. (laughs) That's when you're like red flag. And, um, and I was like, I can't cook. It doesn't sound like you want to cook today. Can order food. Mm-hmm. I need to nap. And I woke up with Ophias in the middle, like, mommy, mommy, food is here. And she brought me a plate and she ate. And then she was with me and we spent the night together. Like, si mi abuela ve eso, she'll le don ataque. Yeah, right? of course. But that's what works for me. My kids are constantly like, mommy, how can I help you? Or mommy, don't do this. I am here. My husband travels and my son will be like, mommy, I got it. Please go rest. And at the beginning, I used to feel so much shame because of that. But now I believe that I'm giving them a gift of empathy, of truly seeing our family as a community and to understand the importance of leaning on their communities too. Because they're my community, my immediate community. And I've seen them ask for help. My daughter, a veces llega de la escuela bien cargada o cansada. And she's very, like, she loves school. She loves studying. And she'll be like, I cannot do my homework right now. I'm going to take a break for an hour. And she'll go take a nap. She'll go rest. She'll listen to an audiobook and come refresh. Like, to me, that's a, <laughs> that's a parenting win. 
because I was, I will come home and before she would be like, no, but I want to play. So I need to finish my homework right now. She's That's like, how I grew up. Yeah, me yeah. too. So for her to be able to assess her needs, vocalize them. En otras palabras, mami no venga joder. Yeah. She'll put a timer <laughs> and just see her in her room, just resting because she needs to, because she wants to. And then be able to come back and be like, this is, now I'm ready. I think it's, it's the most beautiful gift that I can give my children by showing them the importance of taking care of yourself continuously. Also, as someone with a chronic illness, like how that is different. Um, and, but also just like, I, I feel like I'm teaching them to know their worth mm -hmm. and on their community when when it happens not at the end not to resolve the problems like leaning on our community is something that happens every single day and I think that's beautiful you had already you answered the question before I could even ask it was how does your community show up for you and how do they support you and so we've gotten these amazing glimpses with your intimate family on how they show up for you how they help you but another way to get support and through for your, th this is for like your chronic condition and how you can thrive within your business. What I have noticed as well, and you and I have had um, side chats about it is how you and I with our chronic illnesses are leveraging technology mm -hmm. and how we are using it to our full advantage for those days that we might need rest. Mine can be three days in a row. Yours as well can be ju just as just as much. And as we know, as business owners, that's a long ass time yeah. to not be present and to not show up for your business. So I would love to give um, our listeners and our viewers how you and I both leverage AI, artificial intelligence for our businesses Um, and how we're and how we're killing the game <laughs> in AI because there are like and I'm full disclosure there are biases there are dangers there are disparities within AI but you and I are very aware of it yeah uh, we'll definitely call it out I have a post on my LinkedIn like asking Google you know you're saying that you're giving access to your Gemini tool to certain groups, did that, did that, those groups include diverse groups? Because mm -hmm. you're asking for feedback, but if you're only giving it to a certain group, that's yeah. not going to help us. And so if you want to let our listeners know exactly what you use it for in your business and how it helps you in your business, um, that'd be great. Yeah. So there's it, within technology, like one of the things that has helped me manage my business, manage my capacity, manage my chronic illness, but also maintain a great client experience is I use Notion. Mm -hmm. All of my clients, um, not my coaching clients, but my business growth clients and my consulting clients, they get access to, and I have templates and SOPs, but like we use, I use Notion. And I also use the AI tool in Notion mm -hmm. to create a lot of these templates. Um, So that was very helpful when I was setting up kind of like the processes and how that is going to look like not only using Notion, which is a great tool, but using the AI component in Notion to create 
um, briefs for the project to create some templates for how those those setups were going to look like. And then I use um, the competition for OpenAI for ChatPTG, um, Claude AI. Mm. And I okay. use that as, so I have different, I actually have for different clients, but I have one is, that is just Unstoppable Latina marketing and copy. And I use this as a brainstorm tool for mm. my content, for my marketing strategy, um, to get either to get me started or get me finished. <laughs> either like, I need to brainstorm this, the idea, how would this look like? Is this viable? Here are all the things that I need to consider. Do they align with the strategic plan that you already have? Mm -hmm. Or this is all I want to do, but I'm stuck with the execution. And I give all the details. Yes. How can I execute this with these goals? Um, so it's it serves as my <laughs> brainstorming team right now. Yes. But it's really helpful um, because it's it's just a it's just an extension of my brain. It's not another brain. It's not someone and, else. It's an extension of my brain. It's it's pulling information from information that I provided mm -hmm. around my values, what I'm interested in, my business goals, the way that I speak, <laughs> all those things. So it, it's, I don't, as the way that I use it as a tool is not give me something from Google, correct, <laughs> internet, from the collective experience or stealing from someone else. It is an extension of my brain when I had more capacity to think about it. And I think that's what we want to make our listeners and viewers very aware of. Yes, you can get the very cliche answer. You can get the very general answer if you put in a certain question. But the more and more you interact with it and the more that you show up as your true self with these type of tools, the more it's the more you input yourself, the more output you are going to get of yourself when you are using these. And they're just like you were saying, they're just extensions. Like right now you're using it for your brainstorming, right? I've mm -hmm. used Canva AI to create workshops. And the first time I used it, I was like, yo, this is complete trash. Like, absolutely not. So <laughs> I'm learning or the, the Canva AI is learning the types of colors, right? Like, the brand colors that I'm going to use, the type yeah. of imagery that I like to use, the type of tone that I want to use. And now that ChatGPT is integrated with Canva AI, instead of me yeah. toggling between both, because, oh, two tabs is just too much. Um, now that it's integrated together, it can just be within one tab. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, just be just using it more uh, to be able to tailor it to your needs and how you want it to output it's the it's, it's like anything right practice like practice makes perfect and at the end of the day you're the human being so you're not just going to take this output and take it for what it's worth you have to as a business owner review it make sure that it's liable make sure that it's fact correct like you yeah. still have to fact check it's not just here's the answer yeah yeah um so i'm just glad that we were both able to find tools that help us on our journey and that make those three days that you do have to be in bed, not uh, mentally as challenging as they can be because the whole fear of I'm not answering emails or I'm not doing enough um, doesn't come into play as much because we've, we're using the technology that's out there nowadays. Paulette, it's 
always great to have you. It's always, um, it's just amazing. I don't have enough words for you. But before we leave, what are some tools or resources, um, blogs, maybe? What do you, what are some of the resources that you can give our viewers and listeners? Um, what are some of those that you can give them to help them with their PCOS journey? Yeah, so I would say, number one, um, talk, find a physician that works for you. And remember, you can change if they don't, right? So that's very, <laughs> that's very important. Second, stop following everyone on social media that says they're a PCOS expert. So like, rather than give you, I'm going to take away from you, because you don't know, <laughs> you don't know who, what their expertise is, you don't know their life story. Um, start with one into your research. So I, I would say that's, that's the second. And then one of the things that has been very helpful for me that you should talk with your doctor OBGYN with your medical specialist is follow a low inflammation diet. Mm. Um, and that has been very helpful. And I can see the difference from a day that I'm, that I am following a low inflammation diet to the day that I am not, um, that definitely helps with my PCOS. And when I say diet, it's just the things that you should include in what you eat rather than just taking away or doing something to lose weight, right? It, it's really like the foods that help lower inflammation in, in my body that I mm -hmm. want to make sure that I implement in every meal. Um, those have been very helpful. And in the business side, um, I share a lot of content around business and branding on my LinkedIn, Paulette Pinero, so we can always connect there. And I also share things about how I shift my business to make sense for my chronic illnesses and for my um, ADHD. So yeah, you can connect with me on LinkedIn, Paulette Pinero. Is that where you want folks to connect with you the most or do you have other platforms? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. they can go to LinkedIn and they can, uh, you can also follow me on Instagram, unstoppable underscore Latina. Okay, perfect. I just want to add this. And so before we hang up again, Paulette, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much, amiga, for sharing tu tiempo y tu energía and tu knowledge. I'm so lucky to have you on the show. And I know our listeners will be forever grateful with the knowledge and insight that you gave them with PCOS. For all of those who joined, thank you so much for listening. I hope you were able to receive some of the gems of knowledge that were dropped on today's episode. Don't forget to leave us a review, please. Cinco estrellas, por favor. Um, and join the online community, Making Neither Moves, on Facebook as well as Instagram. If you have any questions, please feel free to email us at makingneithermoves at gmail.com. Gracias once again, and I will catch you on the next episode. Abrazos, besos y cariño, familia. Bye.